Hello, my name is Ayoka, and welcome to or back to my podcast, Mind Elixir, where I discuss my thoughts on modern social issues and share my personal stories, advice, and things related to all that. Don't mind your business. Mind my podcast, Mind Elixir. Today, I have some wonderful guests over from the organization Reach for the Stars here to discuss climate change and the environment. So, how are you guys doing today? Can you give yourself a little introduction? Hey, I'm Vicky. Um, I'm one of the senior directors at Reach for the Stars, and I'm actually doing um, pretty well um, for um, just this week in general, but yeah. Hi, I'm Miriam. I'm a writer at Reach for the Stars, and yeah, I'm doing well too. I'm excited. Okay, then let's get into it, I guess. So, first of off, I know this is a pretty basic question, but what is your what are your thoughts on what the main cause of climate change is? I think, as you said, it is pretty, not necessarily broad, but I think it's very general in that it definitely has become more of a problem due to human development and as we've grown as a society and just the emissions that we've, that we've been putting out into the world. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think um, the excess, the use of fossil fuels and especially the excess greenhouse gases produced, that's caused like this whole effect around the world of global warming and all the other things that climate change can influence and cause to happen around the world. I would describe it as maybe a kind of butterfly effect. I'm not sure if that's the correct phrase or, or whatever for it, because now we have people being born with asthma and having more diseases. They're being born with asthma and stuff like that at a higher rate because of air pollution around the world. And then also we have the coral reefs. Um, I know that because of global warming, this has caused some of the oceans to the heat within the oceans to change. And so the beautiful coral, re coral reefs, they're dying out because of that. I believe it's called coral bleaching where they lose their color and they die out. And because the coral, they need a very specific heat. The, but um, global warming, warming, it's caused like, you know, extreme fluctuations in um, temperatures around the world. And in turn, this means that the coastlines will become more eroded easily. So I think climate change, it's, ha it's having a lot of negative effects around the world regarding a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with what you said about it being a butterfly effect because it starts off with the fossil fuels and all these businesses um, using their fossil fuels and then it goes to as you said the coral reefs or the fact that the sea levels are rising and places such as like Italy where like a lot of cities are going to be underwater soon or the, like how the ice sheets are shrinking in Greenland or Antarctica so yeah I think it's definitely started as something not as big but it's definitely become a major issue. Yes that as well and I also believe, especially the fact that um, companies, with companies, there's been a prioritization of profits over people. And many of these companies and these corporations, I feel as though they probably knew what they were doing, but they knew that what they were doing was going to have harmful effects on our environment in the long term, or even just in the short term, in the foreseeable future. Yet they still did it. They did it regardless for their own personal gain. And I feel as though that's kind of similar to what the cigarette slash smoking industry does, did, did back then. Like 
those companies, they tried to keep it under wraps how harmful cigarette usage was so that they could continue making money, the prioritization of profits over people. So what role do you think corporations and large factories have played in all of this climate change? Like you said, I definitely think that they've had one of the biggest roles in climate change and global warming. And I really like that comparison to the cigarettes back in the day. But yeah, I think that, again, they've definitely had the biggest impact. And they've also, again, like, haven't really cared or when they haven't really made it like open that they're doing these things despite the effects they could have on the environment. And I think that a lot of these companies should be held accountable for what they've done. And they, a lot of them are very successful co companies and they have the means to maybe make a change or undo some of what they've done at least. Yeah, I think um, holding them accountable and as well as transparency, as in what they're doing with all this toxic waste and how they're producing things and whether it's sustainable for the environment and all of that is very important as well. Exactly. They've definitely been able to get away with a lot because nobody's been holding them accountable, like you said. Nobody has been checking with these companies as to like how they're going about their business. Definitely. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. But I just wanted to add on. Um, one thing I definitely learned from my science class is that a lot of these companies are also just backed up by the government. And so they're producing products like, I guess we could say like electricity and um, the oil companies that are that are pretty bad for the environment, but then they're making everything cheaper so that people could buy it, but it's through government subsidies. And so it's like, it's even harder to kind of like crack down on what is going on because like the governments are kind of like sponsoring them. Oh, I never thought of that, but that is an excellent point as well. So um, regarding the government, what steps do you think the government or this current administration should take regarding the fight against climate change? Because I know there are regulations regarding all of this and air pollution, I believe it's called the Clean Air Act and the Environmental Protection Agency. They have regulations regarding all of that, but they aren't strict enough or companies, they still somehow get away with it and all of that. So what steps do you think the current administration should take? As you said, um, this current administration has already done some things in order to maybe redo what's been happening in the world for the past few decades. But again, I think that in all that they're doing, everything needs to be taken a step further and just more strict because I feel like, especially in, our, in the US, there's a lot of pride in like freedom, even for these organizations, when in reality, I don't think that when it comes to the climate, there should be any freedom or like the ability to do what the, what the organization pleases as opposed to what's actually good for the environment. And I know that there's been things happening recently such as rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement or when President Biden said that he wants to reduce emissions by 50% within the next few years. I think that's what it was, but yeah, other than that, I think that it all just needs to be a little more strict and a little more watched. Yeah, definitely. And um, I also think, I think that environmental justice and the fight against climate change, I think it's not just about um, 
caring for caring for and restoring the land. I also think it's about the people and the organisms and the the ecosystem itself that live there as well. Because sometimes it can be easy to just see people as statistics, just like numbers on a graph or whatever. But really, everyone is an individual that has their own life and they're being impacted in different ways by climate change and all of the harmful things that are going on within the world. So what would you say some essential things to keep in mind when discussing environmental justice are? I think a lot of people, when they think about environmental justice or even the environment in general, they don't really think about the justice part of it. Um, because they really only see it as an environmental issue, which it is, but I think a lot of people fail to see the fact that it also has an impact on, like you said, organisms, humans, and humans in particular, because so many things, like, for example, wildfires have gotten worse, there's been droughts, all these things directly affect humans. People don't have access to food because of climate change. People don't have access, people lose their homes because of it, and I think that's really important to remember rather than just talking about the number of people that were lost, talking about how what happened to them exactly, like specifically, because I think that makes it more real for people and would cause more people to actually care about this issue. Yes, there's like so many, there's so many things that climate change has caused. And I think we should examine each of those issues as well, because it's important to see how it's different, how differently it impacts everyone. Exactly, I agree. And I also wanted to talk about um, these two things and how they're interconnected, I guess. Kimberly Crenshaw, the Black legal scholar that coined the term intersectionality, described the overlap of identities that an individual may have and how this plays into the different types of discrimination they may experience and face throughout their life. So I heard, while I was researching for this episode, I heard about this thing called environmental intersectionality. The idea that while advocating for a better earth and environment, that we also have to be inclusive and recognize how climate change has harmed and marginalized certain communities with, because, of, um, because of the way they live and all of that. So why do you think it's important to recognize that and that in, to be intersectional whenever talking about environmental issues? I think it's definitely important because, again, it makes the whole situation of climate change more real, but it's also, um, for lack of a better word, honoring those groups, because I feel as though if at times they're just, everybody's sort of clumped together, even though, yes, climate change has affected everyone, it also kind of demeans the experiences of those who are suffering more as opposed to others. Yeah, definitely. I think intersectionality, it's important in all parts of life and especially regarding social movements and stuff like that. And it's, I think it, yeah, I think it's important because of that. And also because often we may overlook and like, yeah, like you said, we may overlook some people and how they may be impacted more by something and how differently the systems of oppression within our society may affect them because of their identity. And I know that um, Black, Indigenous, and Hispanic communities, they are often disproportionately impacted by air pollution, toxic waste, and stuff like that. All, and that's kind of all interconnected to climate change. 
And also historically, so lower income neighborhood neighborhoods have been impacted by that as well. So how do you think the envir environmental and racial justice are interconnected? Well, one thing, um, it's just that those people who have don't have as much voice can't really voice um, against like climate, I guess. They can't, so climate change causes like a bunch of different factors and those who have less voices or are less like fortunate, they can't really fight against um, climate change. So I kind of going back to your, like what you said before, it's just that like rich people can kind of buy off and make climate, like not make climate change, but they could um, buy um, like electric vehicles or whereas poor income communities um don't have the money to buy those um don't doesn't have the money to buy like hybrid or like electric vehicles where they have to buy those vehicles that are emitting co2 still and they also don't have um the luxuries to buy a house that's maybe far away from like um landfills or stuff so that's kind of how um just rate like just environmental justice play a part it's just that people who have more opportunities um more voices can voice away from kind of away from climate change to make it not affect them as much um but then like those who have less voices those who um like i've seen in articles about mexican americans who they're um more likely to be living near a landfill because rich people make sure that the landfill isn't near them so that's kind of how environmental justice plays a role in like everything i'm yeah, oh. yeah i think that answers your question yeah, I, I definitely agree with that because I think not everyone has access or the ability to live a completely sustainable lifestyle and all of that. So it's important to recognize and know that. Yeah, and then going back to the whole like government subsidies thing, one thing that we could just do is have the government stop putting subsidies in things that are bad for the environment and put subsidies in like solar or wind, um, wind energy, so that it's cheaper for those, cheaper for everyone to just convert to that. Because a lot of the time, right now, like we're not making that conversion. Because at this point, sometimes like some of us can't even afford that conversion to have, living a better like lifestyle. Yeah, I think um, reinvestment. That would def That sounds like a good idea or a good thing to do to help with the switch to over over to cleaner energy and cleaner sources and more renewable things. And then I also remember, this is kind of related to environmental justice back, I believe it was in 2014 with Flint, Michigan. I believe they switched over to a different water source. They had some budget cuts or something of the sort and they switched over to a different water source and that water source was contaminated and the people were getting sick. And in this town, it was predominantly lower income people living there. And I actually found out that this wasn't the only environmental re related injustice that they had suffered. There were also factories dumping their waste there and toxic products of the sort. But I guess the water crisis for them was the first time they've really been brought out into the spotlight. So what I'm trying to say here is I feel like many communities and towns are probably suffering from environmental injustices. They just aren't on the news they're just not talked about as much yeah for sure i read an article about flint michigan too um 
And definitely they didn't know what was happening until like science kind of came in and kind of fixed everything, um, kind of like analyzed everything and knew that there was like, um, I guess, I think it was lead in their water. Yeah. Um, yeah. And basically they didn't know that. And the people who were like, imp- like not the people in government, they weren't even living like in Flint and they weren't being affected by um, having contaminated water. They didn't get contaminated water. So they honestly they didn't care and it didn't it had to take um them to reelect a new governor um i think oh yeah, a new mayor sorry um to actually make those changes yeah i think the sad thing about all of this is that oftentimes people they won't care about certain issues if it doesn't affect them or impact them directly um or they'll say oh it doesn't matter cuz i'll be dead anyway in 50 years but i think we should care for all of that And especially, I think one of the most concerning things about all of this is the fact that some scientists, they have said that, I believe it was 11, that we have 11 years to reverse climate change, which is why I think it's so important for people to talk about it and, or, and of course, take action, especially the government and what we talked about earlier. But there's also sort of this sense of doom, I feel like knowing that there's not much that we as individuals can do. There's only so much that we as individuals can do. But I think when people come together, that's when change can be made. And it really only takes one person to bring a community, to bring a group, to start a movement for all, all of that. So I do think this generation is very important in helping that. Yeah, I definitely agree that a lot of people don't care or they won't want to help if it doesn't directly affect them. That's why things such as in Flint, Michigan, like how that stayed an issue for so long because nobody else was dealing with it to the same extent. So nobody wanted to help. And But I do think that it's happening a lot sooner than people realize. People think that, oh, I'll be dead by then. But maybe some of them will, but a lot of us may like live to see it, to see our whole like world becoming a lot worse than it already is but and I do think it can be also be frustrating because we all try to do our own part but then it also doesn't feel like enough but at the same time I don't think that's much of a reason to give up I think we should still do what we can even if it doesn't feel like it's doing that much exactly and I feel like um yeah, we're li- we're literally living through it right now. Like um, earlier this earlier this year, whenever we had all those snores- snowstorms in Texas, that is not normal weather for us at all. That I'm pretty sure that was because of climate change and the extreme fluctuations in weather. And I also wanted to know what role do you think Gen Z will hopefully play in helping to reverse this climate crisis. I think with a lot of things, our generation is more aware in general. We've been exposed to everything from racial injustice to climate change, all these things from a younger age as well, because we've lived in this time. And I think we also, going back to the point that we made about people saying that they'll be dead after that, we don't really have the mentality because we're still relatively young. We have lives ahead of us, so we still feel like we're going to live through that, and we know that our kids are going to live through that. So I think because of that care that we have, I think we can really make more of a difference. Yeah, I definitely think so. Agree with that point you made, because 
I feel as though with social media and the internet, we have access to a lot more resources and um, living in the age of technology and all that, all of that so we can educate ourselves and organize certain things. And I wasn't there a climate change rally that was held or something like that a few years ago, one or two years ago by teens? I believe so. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think we definitely have the power to make an impact. Yeah, that's a really good point about the internet, because I feel like because of the internet and social media, things are being talked about more. Maybe in our parents' generation, they were somewhat aware of what was going on in the world, but they didn't have access to it every single day. You have to turn on the news for it. And even then, not everything's talked about in the news and more things are talked about on social media than the media like to portray. So I think that's definitely helped us be more understanding of what's going on. Yep, definitely. And um, just regarding this whole climate change thing in general, I think the earth, it just, the earth provides so much to us. And for some humans to just take and destroy it with no regard for life or the earth itself is just honestly not fair and sad. And I think we should reciprocate to the earth, the resources it gives to us, not literally, but we should respect the earth because it provides so many resources to us. And it is our home. We don't have a second home. I mean, I know some people were talking about colonizing Mars, but that I'm not sure if that's very likely. Yeah, exactly. I feel like people don't really realize like how much we've strained the resources on the planet. And I think honestly, the least we could do is just be somewhat respectful towards it. And like, even with talks of colonization on Mars or whatnot, that's not like gonna re-inhabit like all like 7 billion, 8 billion of us. So I think like this is like our only shot at like fixing things, you know? Yep. So while I do know that larger factories and companies and those sort of things, organizations and stuff like that, they, their pollution and dumping of toxic waste is a large factor in climate change. And much of, the, much of, climate, much of helping to reverse climate change is in these larger companies' hands and those in higher up positions and stuff like that. What do you think that we as teens can do in order to get involved in the fight against climate change? Like just maybe on a local level or within our communities? Well, I think a big thing that is just honestly pretty easy if you actually do it is just recycling, reusing, just being aware of your waste. And I know not everybody has the ability to do that, obviously, and that's totally fine. But I think acknowledging whether you have that ability or not to be sustainable is really important. And I think honestly, just educating people about it people who maybe like people older people in your family or like people who don't really know what's going on or don't know the extent to which climate change is happening I think it's important to just the more people who are aware the more the issue will become apparent in our world and maybe something will be done about it Vicky did you want to say something oh yeah um I was just gonna say like again like education is really big and just kind of starting with yourself, because I know a lot of people out there don't necessarily know um, what to do to kind of help climate change. So just kind of looking into it, um, it could just be like not using as much plastic, use more reusables, 
um, stuff like that kind of educating and kind of trying to change your lifestyle a little bit more just to help with the earth um, just because we're teens like we're still pretty affected by what our parents do and everything um, but like just having like education educating your generation and then as you guys get old like as you get older then you know you have um, the ability to kind of change your life and then a little bit to more of a granny seem and kind of like make sure when you're um, eligible to vote, just vote for like the legislation that is going to help the environment, the politicians that are going to help the environment and stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely do agree with that. Um, Knowledge is power. So we should learn and educate ourselves and just become aware. And then um, I believe that, like you said, we should also try to limit our plastic usage, whether it's maybe just by using reusable water bottles and stuff like that. Or if it's possible, switching to cleaner forms of energy, like solar panels, although those are very expensive. I know not not many people can use that. But if it's possible, also one thing that I feel like is very avoidable, but I always see people doing it, is just whenever they release those balloons out into the air, I feel like that's going to just come down and pollute the earth. So I feel like that's probably such an avoidable thing to do. And however, going back to what I said earlier, I think I said it earlier in this episode, kind of something kind of related to that. I do think it's important to recognize that there's only so much that we can do and that sustainable options like a fancy bamboo toothbrush and all of that aren't always available to everyone and everybody and accessible to everybody, which is why I think it's really important. It's really in the hands of the government and big corporations to take accountability on their part yeah I agree I think they definitely we all have the ability to make a change but I think because as we said not everybody can afford to be sustainable in the ways like in these bigger ways I think it's definitely important that we hold like individual accountable but also the corporations yes And finally, can you guys tell me a little bit more about your organization, Reach for the Stars, and basically what the mission of your organization is? So our organization is completely student-led, and our goal is to kind of just um, help with education and offer educational services for everyone. Um, And so we have like AP peer classes and tutoring and webinars just to kind of push our mission. One thing that we also do um, that we also do to help with um, is having a blog and being um, having that as a resource for just extra education kind of. Um, But yeah, that's kind of a basic feel of our organization. Um, If anybody who is watching wants to volunteer with us, you could go to our Instagram at reach for the stars official and then check out all of the open volunteer opportunities on our feed. And then if you want any of the applications, you can go into the link in our bio. But that's kind of a brief, brief summary. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming onto my podcast. Don't forget to follow and check out reach for the stars. Everything that she said will be linked down below so you guys can go check that out as well and make sure to follow me on instagram at my and leave a review on apple Podcasts if you like this episode i hope you have a lovely day and i'll see you again next wednesday bye